I, I just want to, I want to tell you that I don't want to be known as somebody who walked out on their kids and I want to be in your life and in my grandkids' life. And, and I just want to ask you if you'll forgive me for the way that I have treated you guys for the past 10 years. Hi, I'm Abigail Archery, and this is Unshakable Stories, Unshakable Truths, where we talk to people about their faith and how it guided them through the best and worst of times, their missions and ministries that were perpetually born out of crisis, and how God is using them today to make an unshakable difference. For years, Derek Stone had dreams of becoming a musician. This road did not lead him to success, however, it led him to Nashville, Tennessee, struggling to live as a starving artist with a family to feed. It was then that Derek had an epiphany. There's got to be a better way indeed. Derek went through an early life crisis, but by changing careers with the help of mentors and watching videos, he took his God-given talent of creativity and transferred it into being something you hear into something that you could tangibly see. The construction industry was his roadmap to success, the better way Derek had longed for. And within three short years, he grew from a one-man show into a company with 1.2 million in gross revenue. 36 years since the beginning of his story and he is currently living his best life. Derek loves empowering people to retool and change their lives. Let's hear from the man himself. Hey Derek, it's wonderful to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Abigail. It's an honor. So I'm just going to jump right to it. What was the catalyst that inspired you to pen the book, Why Should I Forgive? Well, when I quit uh, performing as, a, as a, an artist, as a musician, I really just I felt kind of depressed because I wasn't upset that I wasn't performing anymore. I mean, a little bit, but not much. But what I really was upset about was the fact that I felt like I'd lost the, the platform to really tell this story. And that story was the story of my life of, of forgiveness. Mm. Um, see, I had, I had been sexually abused as a child from 8 to 12. And um, I had a lot of bitterness and hate. I was raised in Section 8 housing. Um, and I, I was looking, my little heart was looking for somebody to blame. And, and my oh, dad, wow. uh, for, uh, for some reason, my brain just wanted to blame my dad because I felt like it was his purpose and his job to be there. And he just wasn't. And so I really blame my dad for that. So... Uh, that's really where the book came from was the when my business did over a million dollars, I wanted to look back. I know people say don't look back, but I wanted to look back to see what it was that had triggered my journey to success. Yeah. And the, the there was two things that happened. One was was that when I was 19, I got in a situation at a conference where um, I was brought with the, the choice to forgive my dad. And I, I did. And two hours later, just crying on the floor. Two things happened when I got up from forgiving my dad was one was was the fact that, um, you know, I, I didn't feel the need to live behind the facade I'd lived behind for years, which was I'm a party looking for a place to happen. <laughs> and I didn't have the burden that I've been carrying around for years. Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel it anymore. It just wasn't there. It was just really interesting. Six years of praying that God would restore the relationship between me and my dad. And in the middle of nowhere, I get a phone call from my dad and he says, hey, Derek, I just you got a second to talk. And I was like, yeah. And he said, well, I, I just want to I want to tell you that I don't want to be known as somebody who walked out on their kids. And I want to be in your life and in my grandkids life. And, and I just want to ask you if you'll forgive me for the way that I have treated you guys for the past 10 years. 
And I just kind of big, big smile, you know, and said, Dad, you know, I forgave you a long time ago, but I've been praying for this day for a while. And shortly after that, I was doing some research on the biblical blessing of a father to a son. And I just asked him, hey, would you would you give me this blessing? He's you know, he was he's a godly guy and, and everything. And he said, yeah, let me pray about it. And a month later, he called me up and he spoke over me, Deuteronomy 28. And which is, you know, you will be blessed in going and coming. You will be the head, not the tail. You know, everything that you do will be blessed. You'll be the you'll be the lender, not the borrower. Ooh. From that moment on, my life had changed dramatically, almost like I was being knighted or something, you know? Uh, I mean, it was kind of crazy. Like I was yeah. given the yeah. to this mighty army to go conquer the world, you know? It was just, that's, <laughs> that's what I, and then I got a hold of a book called uh, The Traveler's Gift by Andy Andrews, which is the seven decisions for personal success. And I just dove into that book and um, started applying the principles and got where I am today based on those principles. How are you in, in, I guess, the idea, the birthing of the book itself, when it came to you, how were you able to sense that this was a leading from God? Just, just the fact that I think, I think God, me praying about it, I think God noticed my, my heartache. And, and I felt oh. the Holy Spirit tell me, dude, write it in a book. Like, just write it in a book. And that was, you know, two years, you know, we talk about the self-critic in my book, but for two years, my self-critic ate me alive after I got the book to the point where I said, look, it, it, what happened to you was wrong and it's not okay. But in, in order for you to get onto a better place in your life, you've got to forgive those people. And it's not justifying what someone did to you. It's allowing yourself to move on emotionally. And so, um, when I got to that part, my, my, uh, my book in my book, I didn't know how to articulate that. And so when I basically was just kind of like, well, you got to get over it. <laughs> and so I, my <laughs> self-credit just ate me alive. Like, dude, you're going to offend so many people because there's real hurt. You know, there's mm. real victims. It's real hurt. There's real situations and circumstances people have bitterness for. Yeah. And I didn't want to treat that lightly. And so I, I think I just stopped for uh, two years, actually stopped. And then um, two, honestly, uh, honestly, two of the best guys I know, a couple of the best guys I know, Tommy Breedlove, author of the book Legendary, and a guy named Tom Schwab who uh, owns Interview Valet. Um, both of those guys, we were in a in a mastermind group together, and they both said, "Hey, wait a minute, you're writing a book." And I was like, "Yeah, and I haven't written it because of this." He goes, "Wait a minute, do you believe what you just said?" I said, "Absolutely." They said, "Well, then write it because there's always going to be a hater and there's always going to be a critic." That's right. That's and so true. that got me off the rocker, <laughs> and I finished it last year. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Wow, wonderful. So you know, I love that what you just said. You know, you didn't want to devalue uh, and belittle the hurt and the pain that people have encountered. Forgiveness mm -hmm. and the struggle with forgiving is real, depending on how deep that wound is. So let's bust a few bubbles when it comes to myths. What mm -hmm. do you feel are the three common assumptions people associate with unforgiveness and, and the struggle behind wanting to forgive? Sure. One of the, the first ones I, I talk about is um, people assume that they, they can't forgive someone unless they feel like they're, they're worthy for, of it. Yeah. So they hold, they hold their forgiveness back in, until they feel like that person's worthy to receive it. And that's, it's never going to happen. They're never going to be worthy enough. Yeah. They're never going to be worthy enough to receive that. And that's why so much of forgiveness is a gift. And for true, true forgiveness to happen, something has to die. You know, when I feel like, and this is how I believe, is when God looks at me, he sees Jesus on the cross. When I talk about true forgiveness has to happen, you know, something has to die, I talk about 
what could have been? What could your life or would your life have been like if you still had your innocence, if your spouse wouldn't have cheated on you or, you know, your parents wouldn't have abused you or talked to you in that way? You know, what would your life have been? Those things you have to get alone with yourself and your feelings and you have to mourn that stuff. That's what you get by yourself and you mourn what could have been, which allows you to kind of take a deep yes. breath and, and walk in, in the freedom that is going to come on the other side of that. Hmm. And then um, the second one is people assume that when they forgive someone, they have to let them back into their lives and especially an offender. So forgiveness is for you. Trust is for them. And uh, especially if you're in an ab abusive situation, I'll use this for, for an instance. You know, I was abused as a child. I'm not, I'm not, I can forgive my abuser, but I'm not going to let him come babysit my boys. Mm. Mm. You know, mm. it's, it's just not going to happen, right? So, so, so when you put that in a perspective for people, because I mean, some people feel guilty about setting a boundary in their life. Do, do not feel, um, please do not feel guilty about putting a boundary in your life for your sanity, for your protection or the protection of your family. You know, you can forgive people, but that doesn't mean you have to trust them. It's like somebody stealing in business. You can forgive that person from stealing from you in business, but are you going to trust them with a dime? Absolutely not. You know, and then in situations where, where maybe family or they, they're part of your lives, they really need to be a part of your life or, you know, there's some trust that needs to be earned. And, and, and if they don't earn it, then you don't need to let the boundary down. So that's, that's one thing. Uh, the second thing. And the third thing is, is that people assume that because they have been victimized, that is okay to play that, that victim card. And what I, what I want to really get through to this is that so many people use that excuse of, you don't know what I've been through, or you don't know what happened to me or, or, or this. I, I want to tell you that everything that you've been through matters. It, 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 it matters. It matters. But at the end of the day, I want to be a person. If you ask any victim, they want to be called a survivor because victim is giving the power of the, the person that has offended them or, or hurt them. It's giving that power over to them. It's giving them too much power versus where you take your life into your own hands when you say, I'm a survivor. No, I survived that, you know? And what that does is that allows you to um, move on emotionally because you don't want to live your life as an excuse. 100%. You, you, want your, you want your life to be a statement. 100%. I'm going to just, you know, re-echo um, your words there that forgiveness is the gift for you and trust is what has to be earned by the person that caused you pain. And so if this story, Derek's story resonates with you and you are, you're in that place at the moment as you're listening to this podcast and you've got tension within because you're struggling to really fully let go of whatever that pain has been and the individual, just remember this, forgiveness is for you. That's the gift of God for you to mm -hmm. set you free, set your emotions free. And then he begins to restore. That's the beautiful thing. When we begin to do what Jesus has required of us, then we walk in healing. We allow God to come in and heal those hurts and those broken parts. And he also does restore. As well as that, you use the wisdom and ask for wisdom concerning the person if they want to uh, enter back into your, into your life, as it were. Derek, most people, including Christians, often struggle with relinquishing blame. Mm -hmm. How can someone listening make that shift? Mm -hmm. Well, my buddy Tommy Breedlove 
he's the author of the book Legendary. He said it best that really is compelling to me. He said that, are you going to live your story or are you going to live your life? Hmm. And what I, what I mean by that is like so many times to me, uh, forgiveness, 100% yeah. of forgiveness is a choice. And not everybody believes that, but me, from my experience, it is a choice because I've had to, I've had to good. Now your emotions will not catch up to it a couple of days later. <laughs> uh, when you're using forgiveness, it is a tool and it's, it's hundred percent forgiveness. But like I said, sometimes your emotions won't forgive, won't catch up um, until a couple of days. But there's a great illustration that I got while I was jogging one day. And it was, I was in this prison cell and I want to use Europe as a, as a, because that's kind of what, it, where my head went when I envisioned this was, I was in this prison cell, complete with the water droplet from the ceiling, you know, boop, you know, and, and, um, in, in this old cage, I'm looking out of the hallway and there's this figure that's dressed in white and this light is following them, like over them, like it's highlighting them as they come. And what I realized is he gets, as he gets to the door, it's me. And when I go up and I stand up and I meet him at the door, he hands me this key. And when my finger rolls across the key, it highlights a word that says forgiveness on it. And then when I do that, as I look behind him, all these people start appearing that have offended me in the past. And they're translucent, so you can kind of see through them, kind of like a ghost almost. And so all of a sudden, the keyhole lights up in the lock of the door to this prison cell I'm in. And I stick my forgiveness key in it, and I turn the key, and it opens up, and all those people disappear. And it lets me out of this cage. So that's why I say 100% forgiveness is a choice. Now, like I said, you don't feel like it because like the last time that I had to use this as a tool, as a straight up, I had to use this as an exercise because somebody hurt me so bad. It, it, it cost me almost $12,000 in business. And, and that's not a lot for a whole lot of people. But for me, it was it was just like a situation where I was just like I was frustrated and mad and angry. And um. I just, I thought to myself, gosh, you know, and I, I don't want to go to bed like this. And I, I don't want to go to bed like this. And I kept telling myself, I don't want to go to bed like this. And so I said, I choose to forgive him. I choose to forgive him. I, and I just repeated it. The next day, did I feel any better? No, I didn't. I was still angry and mad and everything. I still repeated. I choose to forgive him. I choose to forgive him. But day three of me repeating that in my heart, I started to feel it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then day four and five, I was able to have a conversation with him. You know, so it was that in that situation, it's just like it's using it as a tool, as a, as a repetitive. You know that God says, "Don't let the sun down go go down on your anger." Then then you have to practice that. It's a muscle. My God, it is the truth. It is absolutely the truth. We're just going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. I pray that Derek's story of forgiveness has touched your heart. Our verse for today is found in Colossians 3.15. We're reading from the Amplified Version. And let the peace, soul harmony which comes from Christ, rule, act as empire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds to that peaceful state, to which as members of Christ's one body you were also called to live. And be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. And now, back to Derek's story. What's one thing you want everyone listening to know, Derek? Um, just reiterating kind of the last question is that forgiveness is 100% a choice. You know, your feelings don't align sometimes with the choice you make. And that we feel that our feelings will have us going in all kind of different directions, you know. But at the end of the day, you have to, I, I put in my book, 
kind of a roadmap to show people how to make a good decision. What they do is you take the goal for your life, right? So you set the purpose and the plan for your life, the goal that you have made and you've thought about for your life, and you use that as a filter for every decision that you make. Is this going to help me be the person I want to be? Is this not, not going to help me be the person I want to be? And that just eliminates a lot of the choice for you, right? A lot of the guesswork. It takes a lot of the guesswork out of it. And so that's just really what I want people to know is that, um, you know, 100% of, of forgiveness is a choice and it is, uh, it's for you. Know that what you've been through matters. So that's, that's uh, just kind of reiterating that. And you know what also is so true is that when we make a decision to forgive and we ask God to give us the grace to forgive, we no longer tr are trying to do it in our own strength, but God gives us the, that grace to release the individual. And it somehow, I think sometimes forgiveness can be a very much of a supernatural exchange. Our willingness to let that person go and by partnering with God and he enables us to do so, we recognize that you know, it's not something that one needs to do just on their own, but you can, if you're struggling with forgiveness and you're listening to this episode, you know, you can just take a few minutes and ask God to give you the grace to let that person go and trust and believe something on the inside will begin to help you make that shift. It's truly about a decision, essentially, to start with. What would you consider to be your ministry? Just empowering people to change their own situation. I have a vision of I have a vision of doing these day and a half conferences or a or a half day and then a whole day conference where we really take people we we address forgiveness, which holds a lot of people in a prison cell and in bondage. Um, because you know the the Bible asked you know even even the disciples asked Jesus how do we pray, and they said forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. A lot of people forget that as we part we get kind of tormented because we're holding bitterness against people. And a lot of that's not like, you know, this is not demons with machine guns and flamethrowers. This yes. is, this is, is mental and, and heartache. It's, 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 it's mental, uh, you know, just, just confusion and heartache and anger. And it's all these things that you're allowing yourself not to be free of because you're holding on to this pain. So that is a, a big, a big yeah. part of it. And to me, you know, you talked about a minute ago that we pray for grace that we that God would allow us to do this thing. You know, I was at a, I was at a conference. Uh, there, I don't know if you've ever heard of the book Stomping Out the Darkness, hmm. but um, I was at a conference about that, and and this is what happened with my dad was that they the 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 speaker Dave Andrews or Dave Park he said, you know, some of you need to forgive a parent or a sibling or an aunt or an uncle. And my my blood pressure started to elevate and all these visions and these memories started flying through my head like a time lapse video on high speed. And um, I clenched my fists and all of a sudden this audible voice. Now, this has only happened to me three times, but this audible voice came to me and said, Derek, I want to use you, but I can't because you have this bitterness towards your dad. And I all the, I reacted was, why should I forgive him? out of anger. Like, why should I forgive him? Because he wasn't around. I went through this, this, and this. And, and then the, the, that voice came back to me as if I didn't just holler at it like a child. <laughs> came back to me, says, but I'm the father to the fatherless. And see, I wanted to know what that was like so bad to, for somebody to tell me I was enough and that I had what it takes. That I said, you know what, if you'll give me that, I'll give you this. 
And so that's when I broke my walls down and started to forgive my dad and my mom and my offender, my abuser, and, and all the people that if, if they came to my heart, I, I would voice their name out loud and say it. I forgive this person. I forgive this person. And the cleansing of that when I got up, like I said, was just it was revolutionizing. It, it changed my way. It changed the way I govern my life and I live my life. And, and so that was the, the real big kicker. When, when you say grace, that's what that reminds me of is when God says, I want to use you, but I can't because you, you have all this bitterness. Mm, mm, mm. I felt what you just shared uh, vividly. I just imagined being, you know, in a sort of setting and seeing that conversation on the inside, the tug of war uh, that you kind of so painted a vivid picture. One, if we're honest, we can all relate to in our own way. It is a powerful exchange and I'm so glad to hear your story and you're sharing it with us today. As we sort of begin to wrap up today's conversation, share with us some insights around retooling, which can produce good in our lives. Well, I think that um, I will say that it's very difficult for humans to change themselves without a challenge. Look at all the good movies out there. You know, someone challenged them to guide them. Al Walker and Obi-Wan and Yoda. You think in the Hunger Games, Candace Everdeen had Hamish. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that humans don't change unless mm. they're challenged. In my life, I was just at a place where I was on unemployment. I was married and I had a four-year-old kid and we were living with two single guys. And I just walked outside the door and said, God, there's got to be a better way to do this. And two things have to happen for true lasting change to happen. Two questions have to be answered. One is what's in it for me? The second one is, can you prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt? Yeah. And so um, for me, that was that was when I, I, I mentioned earlier, I got a hold of that book by, the Andy, by Andy Andrews, The Traveler's Gift. And I started going by 30 days at a time. I'd go through one of those decisions and I would put it in my heart, put it in my head. And then I'd realize that it started living out in my life. I, I started to, I'd always wanted to, to get into construction. So I started looking at videos on YouTube and People were putting up these how-to videos, and, and that's what my YouTube channel does is that it just kind of gives back to that area of, hey, you know, there's this is some how-to videos to help you equip yourself. And that's what we do. We take people that um, have a great attitude and that don't have a skill set, and we train the skill set. So that's what I did. I basically, I changed my career with clicking on YouTube and watching videos and then getting in. I went to work for a general contractor and know that every master starts as a disaster. <laughs> I mean, every one of them, every one of them, but, um, but it's just continuing to hone your craft and, and to get better. What, what do you have to do to make it better? That's really what I just kept doing was over and over again, every day I would time myself and I would do things three different ways. What was the fastest, most efficient way to do something? And I would time myself and whichever one was the fastest, I would adopt that and I never changed it. So it's, it really was, I mean, that's what I, some of my guys are like, you can do that in two hours. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, it takes them eight hours and I can do it in two hours. And it's because I've honed it over and over, over and over again. I've found the fastest way to do it and I've adopted the fastest way to do it. And there is no other way to do it to me because it's the fastest way to do it. There's more than one way to skin a cat, so to speak. So I tell people when I hire them, I says, look, I'm not going to tell you how to do something different as long as you, unless I can make you faster at it or I can improve your quality. That's the only two times I'm going to really tell you how to do something different. So that's the, that's really the gist of it is answering those questions within yourself and then continuing to hone your craft to make it better. I love all of that. We say over here in this side of the world that there's proof in the pudding. So 
1.2 million you grossed in revenue. So I'm going to take your word for it because you clearly, you know, have a proven (laughs) rhythm pattern. You really have a proven method and it's working for you. I guess, wow, as we are bringing our conversation to sadly an end. Derek, what are those final thoughts for someone who is just on the edge, you know? They're hanging. They're still a little bit of tension within. What are your final thoughts? How can people get your book? Where can they find it? Where can they buy it? And as well as that, uh, may our listeners find a way to connect with you online. Sure. So one of the big things I would say is that to kind of get by yourself and get out of the chaos and find that place where you can be alone and you can listen to your feelings, you can listen to your heart, and you can you can kind of, I call it open heart surgery where we kind of deal with all those things, taking responsibility for your life, you know, dealing with the self-critic, what bitterness looks like and the cost that it costs you, the waiting room, you know, what do you do when you're in the waiting room? Taking all those things into into perspective, but the, the number one thing for me is to get in alone by yourself and find that person who you want to be, who you want to be, what do you want to do, where you want to go, yeah. define that. And then all this stuff will be a whole lot easier because you know that you can't get there without doing this work. I would say that. And then um, for my book, it's called Why Should I Forgive? Um, you can find it on Amazon. Uh, my website, you can also find it there on my website, is uh, DerekStone.online, and that's D-E-R-E-K-S-T-O-N-E dot online. But you can find the link there under book. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story with all of us today and giving us the courage to make that next step. Because here is the thing, ladies and gentlemen. God only wants best for us. And so his best means doing it his way. And if you are struggling with forgiveness, do reach out to Derek. Feel free to drop us an email at unshakablestories2020 at gmail.com. There's tons of resources, books and uh, information available in the digital space. So you can get empowered and be strengthened and live your best life, as it were. Thank you once again, Derek, for coming on today and sharing your unshakable story with us. Thank you. I'll catch you all, same time, same place, next week. Until then, God bless. Thank you for listening to Unshakable Stories, Unshakable Truths. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe and grace us with a rate and a review. If you would like to feature on the show, or you wish to recommend someone, please drop us a line unshakablestories2020 at gmail.com or reach out to us online. We will connect with you again next week. Same time, same place. Until then, God bless.